Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. week we explore the world-changing event of Pentecost where our God, the creator of the universe, decided to pour out his spirit on all flesh and to move into our lives. Which means for Christians, our relationship with God is not based on things outside of us first and foremost. No, now because of the spirit, we can know and be known by God who lives in the deepest, most intimate ways. Then we learn the reason why God did this is not necessarily for our benefit, although no doubt it's what's best for us. No, the reason why God took this radical step was to empower and inspire all of his people in every place to take up the mission that started in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and to keep it going as God uses all of us to continue this difficult yet world-transforming work of causing his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. But now that you get the significance and the purpose uh, behind why God has decided to pour out his spirit on all flesh, the question we need to spend some time wrestling with today, which is one of my favorite questions, is who exactly is the Holy Spirit? Who is this Holy Spirit? Now, in answering this question, I wish I could give you some kind of clear-cut answer that makes it all clear as a bell. But the truth is, we will probably never understand the depths of the nature of the Holy Spirit. And the reason for this is because when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about God. And what you need to know about talking and thinking about God is that God is a being who by definition cannot be defined. Or God is always bigger than any of our limited abilities to speak and understand him. Or to think of it in another way, our God is and always will be a mystery. And sure, we can know parts of mysteries. But because mysteries are so big and so complex, they're also endlessly known Or when you devote yourself to learning about a mystery, you'll find that instead of getting it all figured out or instead of getting to the end point and going, aha, I got it, you find more questions. You find yourself being opened up to even more things about that mystery. And the deeper you go, the bigger, more complex, and even beautiful it gets. Or let me give you Just a taste of how beautifully strange it is to try to make sense of the Holy Spirit. And you guys are going to need to put your thinking cap on for this. Or maybe I should say it in this way. Welcome to my theological nerd happy place. You guys like to join me in this wonderful place of theological nerddom? We are going to theologically nerd out for about five or so minutes and then I'll wrap it all up. So. It's really good. Check this out. Matthew 3, 16 through 17 says, And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened, 
to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Now, what makes this particular story so confusing when it comes to trying to make sense of who the Holy Spirit is, is that we find Jesus, who is God, the Father, who is God, and the Spirit, who is God, not working together as one being or one entity, but working separately. Jesus is the one being baptized, the Spirit of the one who is descending and alighting on Jesus, and then we have the Father over here speaking from the heavens. So on first blush, it, it, this story seems to show us that Jesus, the Spirit, and God cannot be the same thing, but instead are separate entities that, that work apart from one another. But then what you find as you continue reading through the New Testament and even the, the whole of the Bible is there's more going on here than meets the eye. Because when it comes to Jesus, it's clearly the case that Jesus is not just God's son. It is not just this divine supernatural being that works for God, but is also God himself. Or the creator of the universe showing up in flesh and blood to walk among us. And the reason we know this, and this is just one example, John 1, 1 says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. With the Word here clearly being a reference to Jesus, which means Jesus has to be God. Or in some mysterious way, Jesus is with God and is God at the same time. And I told you this is going to be fun, right? <laughs> then when it comes to the Holy Spirit... Throughout the entire Bible, you will find that the term or the title Holy Spirit and Spirit of God are used interchangeably. And if the Spirit of God is God, in the same way our spirits are us, and the Holy Spirit is another way to talk about the Spirit of God, then it has to be the case the Holy Spirit and God are the exact same thing. Or to see how this works, in the baptism story we just read, according to the Gospel of Matthew, it says this, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. But then, when you turn to Luke, in his version of this exact same story, this same account, he says this, And the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him. Or here, Luke refers to the Holy Spirit, while Matthew refers to the Spirit of God. And what all of that seems to show us is that, again, if... The Spirit of God and God are the same being. And if the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit are the same being, then it has to be the case that God and the Holy Spirit are the same thing. Which is made even more fun, right? When you bring Jesus back into the equation. Because if Jesus is God and the Holy Spirit is God, then that means the Holy Spirit it's also somehow Jesus. Yet again, throughout Scripture, what we find over and over again is that even though we find these three all together in places working together, we also find the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in many places being described as separate entities. Like when Jesus prays to the Father. How do you make sense of that? Or when God sends His Spirit. Or when the Spirit of Christ means the same thing as the Holy Spirit. Which is all clear as a bell, right? You guys, now that I've told you this, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> clear as a bell. But what I would tell you guys is this is, what you should, this is what you should expect when trying to make sense of the divine mystery. 
This is how you should feel. Instead of getting to a place where you think you have it all figured out and you've got it all in your hands, what you should feel is wonder and awe every time you try to grasp. Because that's what happens when you encounter God. That's how big and complex and beautiful God is. In fact, I would argue the people you need to worry about are not the people that say they don't have it all figured out. The people you need to worry about are those who are convinced that they do have it figured out. Because that's just not how divine mystery works. That's not how mystery works in general. But, before you all go crazy, because let's be honest, we need something to wrap our brain around when it comes to this thing. Let me share with you a couple of different ways to think about and make sense of the Trinity, always keeping in mind that it's bigger than anything we come up with. It's more beautiful than that. So after the New Testament period and into the early church, we find Christians continuing to wrestle with the identity of the Trinity. And that's fun to say, right? Identity of the Trinity. So basically for 300 years, they're wrestling with how to make sense of this all. And they're going back and forth. So finally, at the Council of Constantinople in 381 AD, they decided that when it comes to the Trinity, this is what's going on. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are of the same essence or are made up of the same stuff, yet at the same time are three distinct co-equal persons. Which means the Father and Son and Holy Spirit are not three different gods doing their own thing, and neither is the Son subservient nor the Holy Spirit subservient to the Father. No, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all God, but at the same time three persons. Or the way we say it oftentimes is God is one and three at the same time. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm even more confused after reading that, right? But again, I would show you this is what you should expect when trying to make sense of the divine mystery. Some other ways people have tried to make sense of this is by using metaphor. Because at least with metaphor, we've got something we can kind of hold on to, right? So a metaphor attributed to St. Patrick says that the Trinity is like a three-leaf clover. And that a single clover is whole, and it's made up of three different leaves. Another metaphor that is popular is the Trinity is like the sun, S-U-N, not S-O-N, and that the Father is like the sun. Jesus is like the light that the sun gives off, while the Holy Spirit is the heat that radiates from the sun. They all come from one source, but are different expressions of that source. And then the most popular one that I hear these days is that God is like H2O. And that even though H2O has three different phases or expressions, water, steam, and ice, these three phases, no matter what they look or feel like, are always the same thing at their essence. Or like the Trinity, they have the same essence, yet three different expressions. Or for me, these are metaphors that at least point us in the right direction. Knowing that we're never going to have it all figured out. Right? We've got something to hold on to. Okay. So now that we've walked through all of that theological complex, complexity while doing a bit of you know, theological nerd fun, and thank you all for joining me for that. It was fantastic. I'm glad none of you fell asleep. Thank you very much. Really what I want you to get from all of that is this. At the most basic level, when it comes to answering the question, who is the Holy Spirit? What you need to know is the Holy Spirit is God. 
the Holy Spirit is God. When the Spirit creates, that's God creating. When the Spirit comes to live within us, that's the creator of the universe who has moved into our lives. When the Spirit nudges and speaks to us, that's God speaking and nudging. Or wherever it is that you find the Spirit working, that is God. Wherever it is that you find Jesus working, that is God. Which then puts into perspective that our job is not, nor has it ever been, to have it all figured out. It's an impossibility. No, instead, our job is to know and be known or to open ourselves up to a deep and abiding relationship with the creator of the universe or the Holy Spirit that lives within us, trusting that even though we will never have it all figured out, that ultimately we belong to and are loved and cared for by this divine mystery who holds all of this in his hands. which finally reveals that the key to living in the power of the Holy Spirit is to completely and totally devote ourselves. This is what we need to be giving our energy to. Getting plugged into and living in relationship with the Holy Spirit, with our God. But to figure out how to do that, which it's not complicated, you're going to have to come back next week. Let us pray. Father, this week as we wrestle with who you are, this idea of the Trinity, there's no doubt we are confused. There's no doubt we are overwhelmed. And many of us just want to grab on and say, no, this is what it is. So in the midst of all that, Lord, help us to let that idea go. Help us to know that we will never have it all figured out. Now, that doesn't mean we quit learning. That doesn't mean we quit seeking. No, we, we continue to do that. But the expectation is not to have it all figured out. No, instead, our expectation should be to get plugged in, to develop our relationship even more with you, to, to get in tuned with how you work in our lives and what it is you're calling us to do and to be every single day. So, Lord, as we go out this week, may that be our goal, to listen, for you to speak to us, to figure out how it is that you're at work in our lives so we truly can be a people who live in the power of the Holy Spirit every single day. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.